Hello, welcome back to the Goddess Journals. I'm your host, Maggie Pugh. The last few episodes have been a bit more personal about my life, and I've had guests, and I've been talking about the up-level and the manifestations and everything that I've done in the past few months, and how my energy is changing, and how I feel like I'm up-leveling. And I feel like I could still talk your ear about it to death, but I decided to go back, change gears a little bit, and get back to some more educational content from a spiritual point of view. A big reason I started my podcast is because I do have so much spiritual knowledge on different types of spirituality and different practices and rituals and tools, so I thought that we'd get back to those roots a little bit today rather than the super vulnerable stuff. I love creating that content, but yeah, I just thought this would be fun today. So I thought we would do an episode about different spiritual tools. Obviously, I can't cover them all, but I thought I would talk today about tarot, crystals, crystal grids, candles, pendulums, sound bowls, herbs, and altars. Also, there's a few other things I want to start learning about and putting into my own practice, so maybe I'll tag those in at the end. But if you were ever curious about learning about any of these spiritual tools and how to use them and when to use them and how they sort of work, this is the episode for you today. I am so excited to just jump right into it. So if you're ready to get spiritual, mystical, and and educated, let's get into it. Welcome to the Goddess Journals. I'm your host, Maggie Pugh, tarot reader, spiritual coach, past life regression practitioner, and your personal spiritual hype girl. I'm here to help you break down your walls and practice the radical vulnerability you need to get to know your soul at its very core. This podcast will give you the guidance to change your fear into power and take those first steps on your ultimate journey to soul transformation. So take a deep breath and let's get mystical. I think today's episode will be short and sweet. I'm just going to give a very quick beginner's, very quick overview of all of these different tools. And if you want to know more about them, let me know and I can break them down one by one or the ones you're most interested in, I can do a full episode on. But for now, let's just run through them and I'll give you just a little taste of each. I want this episode to be something that you can go to to help you figure out your craft, help you figure out your spiritual journey, maybe figure out where to start or what tools are needed. But I do think it's important to remember that you don't need to use any of these tools. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need to be acting or working or using anything specific to be on your spiritual journey, to be considered spiritual. These are great for reflection. They're great to keep you aligned. They're great tools, but you A, shouldn't become reliant on them, and B, just because you don't have them or you don't use them doesn't take away from how spiritual you are and how spiritual you should consider yourself. Tools don't make you more spiritual. Someone with 80 tarot decks and a million crystals and all the little fun gadgets 
is not more spiritual than you based on what they have. It'd be like someone having a whole closet of gym clothes and being like, I'm clearly stronger than you. I clearly know more about health and workouts and everything because I own more things than you. But they may not have the experience. It's all just about working with your soul. And if these other tools can help you, that's fantastic, but they're not needed. But they're fun. And that's why we're doing the episode today. So let's just start straight up with tarot. Tarot and oracle, I'll kind of clump them in together. Now tarot and oracle are different. Oracle decks are more niche. They don't really follow any rules. You can have them about any subject and as many cards as you want. They can be like affirmation cards. They can be moonology cards, past life cards, really anything. Whereas a tarot deck is always going to at least vaguely follow the outline of the major and minor arcana of the Rider Waite tarot. And both are amazing tools for energy readings, working with the universe, and self-reflection. So tarot is for you if you really just want to open your communication up more with your guides, with the universe. If you want to figure out how to align your energy with the energy around you. But contrary to popular belief, Tarot and Oracle is not going to tell you the future. They can tell you opportunities that may be presented to you, but they can't tell you the future because you always have a sense of control. The cards could tell you that you are going to meet the love of your life tomorrow, and then you could be totally closed off and shut them down. The cards could say that you're going to have amazing close family time, and then you could take a flight to Peru and turn off your phone and not say a single word to your family. What these cards do is they try to push you into alignment. They try to guide you. They try and say, hey, this is the opportunity that you're going to be given, and this is how you align yourself to make it happen, or this is how you should act within that opportunity. You want to manifest love, you want to call in a job, you want to start a next level, the cards are going to tell you how to best align yourself with that. The cards are going to tell you what your guides and the universe are asking of you and pushing you to do. They're not future telling, but they're a great guide to co-create your reality with the universe or whatever higher power you believe in. If you're just getting started out with tarot, I would really, really recommend you to just pull one or two daily cards a day. If you know you will have the tendency to get self-reliant on them, then just pull one at the end of the day and reflect. We don't want you pulling one at the beginning of your day, getting the tower card and thinking, well, my day is going to be horrible, right? That's just the energy that's around you. That doesn't mean anything. You could have chaotic, horrible energy all around you and thrive despite it. Push yourself through it. Or you could give yourself the care and comfort and understanding you need. doesn't really mean anything. It's just something to reflect on. But if you think that you're going to have a tendency to hide all day because the tower card came up or feel bad about yourself because the devil card came up, maybe it'll be best to take a card for reflection at the end of the day. That's what I love to do. You pull yourself one card and at the end of the day, reflect on it and say, what is this trying to tell me about my day? What can I reflect on to better myself? What can I reflect on so that I'm making sure I'm concentrating on it? And what can I reflect on that the universe is trying to allow me to learn here, to recognize, to sit with? It's just an amazing tool for self-reflection. All right, now the second tool I want to talk about today is a pendulum. Now, I think there's a lot of 
different beliefs on pendulums. I'm going to share you mine. You can subscribe to it. You can decide to go with something else you've heard, but this is what my experience, my teachings have really taught me, have shown me. I used to work in a crystal shop, which will come in handy when we're talking about crystals, but we had a lot of pendulums there as well. So I've used a pendulum for a long time. Some people see them like Ouija boards and they get scared thinking that they're inviting spirits in to communicate with them or dark entities or anything like that. And when I first started using pendulums, that's what I thought too. I thought that I was communicating with the universe, my guides, spirits, and I got really you know, excited. I even heard this, what I now think is a myth that you could get like a trickster pendulum where you ask, oh, are you being guided by a trickster? And if it said yes, then you would have to cleanse it. You would have to work with it so that it would tell you the truth rather than playing off trickster energy. I really don't subscribe to any of that anymore. (laughs) From my experience with pendulums and other teachings that I've had, I don't even think that pendulums go off any external energy. What I believe is that pendulums will play off your energy and the person that you are reading. So if you're holding a pendulum over somebody's hand, it's going to pick up on their energy and give them that answer. And same goes for you. If you're using a pendulum on yourself, it's going to go off your energy. So what I use it for is helping myself get really clear on what I want. They say that the pendulum works with the subconscious mind, and I really do subscribe to that. I think that your pendulum is going to pick up on your subtle energies and help you get clear on what you really want. So A great thing to do is say you are starting a new relationship with someone and you're not really sure if you want to continue it. You feel like this could be really good, but maybe you're scared or maybe you feel like something is missing. Hold the pendulum over your palm and ask, is this person right for me or will we end up together? Is this a soulmate connection? And see what it says, yes or no. Now that yes might not mean you actually do end up together, that There's no breakup on the horizon that this is your person, but what it is telling you is that you feel that way and that you really should go for this relationship if you're feeling like it's a soulmate connection. Those fears coming up are just fears. That's it. Same if you're not sure about what your next step looks like or you don't know what decision to make. Ask what the outcome is and put it over your hand and see what outcome subconsciously and energetically you truly want. I also use a pendulum to pick tarot cards to go off my own energy, so I'll hold a pendulum over top of my cards, I'll spread them all out, and when it spins, then I pick that card up and that's the card for me today. I also use it to check my chakras and check other people's chakras, so if you hold it over your different chakra points, it can show you how much energy is in each chakra, so is there so many blocks that it's basically closed off and only a little teeny bit of energy is getting through? Is it underactive? Is it overactive? What I always do is I hold it over my palm and I say, show me what a healthy chakra looks like. I look at that circle and how wide it is. And then I go over all my chakra points on my body and I see, is it smaller than that original circle? Does it pretty much match? Is it over? And that way I know how my energy is showing up right now. I think it's an amazing energetic check-in for you. The great thing about pendulums too is they are typically pretty cheap. If you go to your local crystal shop, they should have one there for $10, $15. They're not like a $50 card deck. 
they're really an accessible tool to start tuning into and working with your energy. On the topic of crystal shops, let's talk about crystals and especially something you can do with these crystals, which is crystal grids. So let's just start off with crystals. So crystals are really, really powerful to use to amplify your energy, to shift your energy, to protect your energy. They work directly with your energy to put you on different levels. So it depends on the crystal, obviously. We could do a whole episode going over every single crystal in the world. That would actually be probably like 10 episodes. But basically the way that crystals work is through the belief that everything naturally created on this earth has an energy. And how your energy matches up with a crystal's energy is going to change your energy and the crystal's energy. So when you see these different properties on a crystal, that's because that's what they typically do when they interact with you and your energy on a long-term basis or an intentional basis. However, I'm sure you've gone on a crystal website and you've looked and there's been like 900 different things that this one crystal does. And you're like, well, that's really vague. Or (laughs) can it really do all that? And that's just because that has been how it's interacted with people in the past. But it's always important to work with a crystal yourself and see how it impacts you. So, you know, this one crystal may be great for dream work, healing, and energy, but you find it only works for energy. There could be another one that helps with grief, finding love, and heart chakra healing, but you have only felt that it helps you with grief. The reason there's so many lists of symptoms and properties of each crystal is because everybody's energetic makeup is slightly different. So while you could have the same reaction as your friend to a crystal, you could also have a slightly different one because your energy is unique. So I really, really implore you and everybody who I talk to about crystals to spend time with each crystal and just see what it does for you, see what it brings out in you. And now with crystal grids, this is what you can do to create an energetic intention for your life, for a manifestation, for another person. A lot of the time, if I know someone's going through a hard thing or they're manifesting something or whatever, when I'm with more of my crystals, right now I'm not, but when I'm with my crystals is I'll create a crystal grid for you if you want and I'll put it out on my windowsill or altar space and create a little crystal grid. It's basically to take certain energies and direct them to a certain point. So usually I put a crystal point in the middle to direct that energy out and towards the source I intend it to, but it's basically putting all these different crystals together in a combination that creates the desired effect. So for example, if I wanted to create an abundance crystal grid for me or somebody else, I would probably take citrine tumbles and put them throughout in a, I like to do in a very geometric way so that the energy is equally coming from everywhere and funneling into that channel. I would take citrine because it is the money stone. It's the crystal of abundance. I would take probably some adventuring because it's luck and abundance as well. Depending on if it's something specific, I might take something that's more of a better grounding stone or a small business stone or just whatever the specific abundance is for. If you're looking for clients and connection, maybe jade because it's that friendship stone. And then I would probably put either orange calcite in the middle because it's the stone of 
pure joy and happiness. So sending through this abundant energy with abundance of happiness and joy and those good, good, good feelings or smoky quartz if I know it's for me or somebody who I know has been, you know, doing a lot of good deeds is deeply a really, really, truly good person because smoky quartz speeds up karma. So I would say here's all this abundance energy and we're going to speed up that karma so you get more of it faster. So that's kind of how you do crystal grids. I would really say before you graduate to crystal grids, really just start to get to know your crystals and place them individually with intention. And once you really get to know how they interact with you and how you see their energy, then you can start doing things like crystal grids. All right, candles. I'm sure you've seen so many witchy, spiritual pictures, TikToks, and everything where they're using candles. There's so much you can do with candle magic that I don't even think we could touch on it all, but I'm going to say two of my favorite ways. So you can use it one to channel or two as color therapy or color energy when it comes to spell work or rituals. So with the channeling, what you can do is set the intention to connect with your guides with the universe. If you're open to mediumship or that's something you're trying to work with, you can also open it to spirits and ask a question, ask for guidance, and get it to flicker with yes or no. So I would say if you have a decision, give both decisions, give a lot of time, see which one it flickers for. You can ask questions about moving forwards. You can ask questions about different rituals. You can say, should I be leaning on tarot to call this in? Should I be leaning on crystals and go through the list until they tell you which one is the right one for you? It's just a great way to channel and get that direct communication of like yes and no from a guide. I think candle work with channeling is what people want pendulums to be. I've used them with clients before during their past life regressions. I've had them light a candle so it can be my opening point for their guides. I'll ask their guides questions and on camera, if it flickers, I know it's yes or no. It's just something that's a really magical way because the flame is something easy for an energetic force that we can't necessarily see to manipulate. It's kind of a very in-between thing of earth and what we cannot see as you know the flame burns into nothingness into something else you can also use candles for color therapy or intentional work in spells or rituals so for example whenever i do a money ritual or a money spell i will get a green candle because that's the color that really locks on to abundance and money and all of that. If I'm doing self-worthiness or confidence, I'll pick yellow. If I'm doing an energy ritual, orange or red. If I'm doing a cord cutting, I typically use a black because that's very protective. If you're doing something where you're connecting straight to the universe, a light purple or a white is super, super helpful. Anything, yeah, with that color therapy, if you know what the colors represent or if a color just represents something to you, you can use that as part of a spell or a ritual to really set that intention and to put that energy out into the air. There's so much more with candle magic, but that's just what I'm going to give you the introduction to today to try out to see if it works for you. Next, we have sound bowls. The people who are typically drawn to this tool are energy healers, are energy workers, are someone with really deep blocks within their energetic system and needs that extra push to get them out. To heal your energy, to work with your chakras, to do all of that, you don't 
need sound healing. You don't need sound bowls, but they can really help to start to loosen the block and kind of shake your energy around a little bit. So with a sound bowl, what you can do is so many things. You can use them to attune to different energy centers. You can do sound baths. You can use them to deepen your meditations, to set the energetic intention of your meditations. You can also use it to cleanse your spaces cleanse your crystals. I like to put my crystals in the middle if I can, or I hold it right outside and I use those energetic vibrations to cleanse and charge my crystals. They are just great for cleansing, clearing, and infusing energy, whether that be for a crystal, a person, a space. They're just amazing energetic tools. That one's short and sweet, but that's basically what it is. If you don't have sound bowls, that's okay. They can be expensive, But if music and dance and those sort of things are something that really connect you on a spiritual level, sound bowls can be a really powerful spiritual tool for you for sure. Another spiritual tool that you can use that you probably already have in your kitchen are herbs. So I can't really necessarily give you a breakdown of herbs because there's so many that I wouldn't even know which one to introduce to you in this podcast, but I would really encourage you to either get a like witchy green witch or an herbalist sort of book and look into the properties of each herb. They hold like obviously properties that help with our health and our human bodies, but they can actually also be very energetic and healing. So if you aren't ready financially or just not in the space to dive into learning about it and buying a book or a course or whatever, I would really just encourage you to eat these different herbs, cook with these different herbs, use the different oils, the scents, and see how they impact you, see how you react to them. It's similar with crystals. You can learn everything about them, but If rosemary makes you feel ugh and you hate the taste, obviously you're not going to use rosemary for healing the past and clarity. You're going to have to find something else that works. A great way to get into this practice is to use it on an altar, to use it in little spell jars, or just to cook with it really intentionally. Put on some music or just have a moment of silence and cook with intention, with love and say, I'm going to use salt as protection. I'm going to use, maybe you love the smell of basil and you're going to say, I'm going to put basil in this for indulgence and I'm going to use hot peppers to spice up my life a little bit. Whatever it is, as long as you're cooking with intention, that's a great first step to using herbs in a spiritual and magical way. And then the last one I want to talk to you about today is using an altar. So this one I know you've probably heard about or you've seen pictures of and you're thinking, what even is an altar and how do I do this? Seems very witchy. It can seem almost demonic to some people, scary, overwhelming. All it needs to be is a sacred space. You can use an altar to work with your guides, the universe, deities, energy outside of yourself. That's fine, but it can also be a sacred space for you to set intentions for yourself. All this is, it can be a bedside table, it can be a windowsill, it can be a hearth, it can be a little table in your living room. This needs to be a space that you dedicate to energetic work. 
As always, I'm sure there may be people that disagree with me, but from my spiritual standpoint, an altar is somewhere to set intentions on an energetic and spiritual level. So it just needs to be clear you want to treat it with respect because this is a physical representation of your energy. And if you're working with guides, your guides and the deities you're working with and the universe, so you want to keep it clear, obviously, and clean and respected, but you can leave flowers for gratitude. You can leave different herbs for different intentions. You can leave crystals for their different properties of what you're trying to call in. You can make a crystal grid on your altar. You can leave a certain tarot card. You can use everything we talked about today incorporated into your altar to set an intention for what you're wanting, for what you're calling in. It's like throwing a coin into a fountain and making a wish. This is your intentional space to make magic happen. I think everyone should have an altar space, even if it's a place that you meditate and leave a crystal to meditate with. It needs to be a place that's carved out for you and your spirituality. So if you haven't created an altar yet, but you're really curious about spirituality and you're beginning on your spiritual journey, even if you're far in and you don't have a sacred space, an altar space, I encourage you to leave this podcast and go find that clear office space. Leave things on it that bring you joy. Write a message to the universe. Write a list of your manifestations and put it there. Make a little spell jar. Put your favorite crystals. These things don't have to stay there. You can swap them out. It's just your place to create magic. Anyways, I hope this helped. I had a great time chatting about the different spiritual tools. I was thinking about maybe doing a podcast as well about which spiritual practices for me and going through things like past lives, astrology, channeling, tarot, reiki, palm reading, tea leaf healing, all of that, witchcraft, moonology, and just sort of see which one you're most called to, which one fits your vibe and kind of where to start because I know spirituality can feel so overwhelming and sometimes you feel like you're totally lost, you don't know where to start, And so maybe I can guide you through that a little bit. So if that's something you're interested in, let me know. I would love to do an episode on that. Tag me on your Instagram stories and tell me which spiritual tool you use or you want to use, or even better, also tag me with a picture of your altar or your sacred space. Put it on your stories. I would love, love, love to see it. I hope you have a beautiful week. I will see you next week with another episode. But for now, so much, so much love to you. If you haven't already, please, please give the podcast five stars. I would appreciate it so much and have a beautiful day.